So Tyler, let's talk a little bit kind of about productivity in general. You know, what are some things that you do to kind of get your mind right? And what does your productivity look like throughout the day? Yeah. So um, I try to I try to live a pretty detailed routine. I mean, not so much on the weekends, right? But mm-hmm. uh, so I'll kind of briefly kind of go through um, my biggest focuses in the morning. So the time I wake up is anywhere f- between like 5.30 to 6. Um, obviously, I got to take the dogs out first thing. You probably know about that. And oh, yeah. then I try to wait a little bit before I have caffeine. Um, just because if you have caffeine first thing, that can make you crash at like 2 or 3. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wait a little bit for the coffee stuff. Um, but then some of the other things, like I'm a big believer in trying to do the hard shit early. And then it makes the rest of the day easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, like working out, uh, going to the gym and then I always do uh, cold showers, which I say doing hard stuff, but then I also really love the cold too, but sometimes it sucks taking a cold shower, but there's a, a ton of health benefits to that. And then I will also do typically like a 10 to 15 minute meditation, but I pair that, um, with doing red light therapy. Um, okay. Do so, you do that at home or? Yeah. Where, yeah. Oh, I just okay. have a standing red light therapy and I just go downstairs, um, my little man cave and, um, put my headphones in and do meditation while I'm doing that. And then I also, when I'm having my coffee, I'll do my journal. And then I also list out, um, some gratitude things. And then I also typically will read 10 pages, usually always, um, business oriented books and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, then I'll do the cold shower after all of that stuff and then get dressed and get started, get to the office typically eight, eight thirty. So that's usually like my prime and get ready. Um, that sets the tone for the day. Um, and then productivity hacks, um, throughout the day. So I typically, like I, I'm a big, um, technology guy, but when it comes to like to-do lists, um, I like to write that stuff down and like physically cross it out. Um, so I'll, I'll typically split it into two parts. So like daily personal non-negotiables and then daily business non-negotiables. So personal stuff, whether it's, you know, got to take the dog to the vet or, you know, little random Mm -hmm. things like that, that's more personal that has to get done that day. And then I divide the stuff into the business ones as well. So I actually have, um, it's called the mastery metrics. It's actually a Google sheet that has a box for every single item for every single day. And it's the same each month. Okay. Um, and then I'll each month I'll review it and then, you know, adjust accordingly, um, for the next month. Another big one, when I have like a lot of stuff on my plate is, uh, the Pomodoro technique. Okay. What's that? that? Uh-uh. Um, so it's a, it's a 25 minute block and there's like, you just type in Pomodoro on your computer and there's just a timer, but essentially it's absolutely, you go into that 25 minute distraction free state working on whatever the task is. No text messages, no phone calls, no social media, no nothing. You're focused on one thing, zero other distractions for 25 minutes straight. And then timer goes off and you have five minutes adjust, drink some water, go to the bathroom, check an email and da, 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 and then right back into another 25 Pomodoro. Um, it's just Pomodoro technique. Yeah. Um, I don't do that too often. I'll do that when I've got like a too lot much. of heavy stuff yeah. on my plate. Um, because I, I mean, you can be tackling one task and then a notification goes off and you get dropped on your phone and then 15 minutes go by and you're scrolling through something you shouldn't be. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, you know, that just drains, um, that just drains that stuff. So that's, Trying to really think what else I, I really try to focus on for productivity, but that's, I mean, that's pretty much the gist of my general like Mm -hmm. guideline day to day. It really doesn't change a whole lot from that, but yeah. What about you? Pretty good. 
Um, I, so my morning is oftentimes dictated on how I left the day before. So when I finish my day, I typically, I'm kind of like you in terms of, I like to write down like my highest priority items for the next morning. Mm. Um, and, and our business, there's almost always like a highest priority item that needs to be addressed first thing in the morning. Sure. You can only take it so far in a day sometimes, depending on what it is. So I end my day with like five to 10. It just depends on what's going on, but five to 10, like highest priority items that I have to take care of first thing in the morning, the next day. So when I wake up the next day, uh, my morning similar, let the dogs out, kind of do my thing. As far as that goes, I'm not a super early riser and I never have been, I'm not like a late riser, but I just struggle in the mornings. I don't even know. My body is not ready to go at 5 (laughs) a.m. Like I just like see, like I used to try to work out at like five or six and I would just see stars, dizzy, sick to my stomach. And just Mm. like, I'm just not, I don't know. My body doesn't respond well and I can't even get a good workout because I just feel like I'm going to pass out. Yeah, sure. Okay. So I'm like good to go to like email and text and talk clients and work up pre-approvals at like seven or so. I know it's not super early, but I'll be... But my body's like not, my mind is ready, but my body's not ready, Got if it. that makes sense. Yeah. So for me, that's, that works better for me. I'm an evening workout kind of person, mm-hmm. but I start, so between seven and eight, I take address my highest priority items. If they don't involve me calling a client, I don't call clients at 7am, but yeah. a lot of them are reaching out to underwriters or funders or people that I can reach out to at 7am. Take care of that first. I watch Darren Daly's somewhere between seven and eight as well. So it's a Typically like two to 10 minute video from Darren Hardy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wa- follow a lot of his stuff. I like his, his methods and his outlooks and kind of, you know, his mm-hmm. strategies. So I do that to always help the progression, the personal growth progression. Mm-hmm. Um, and then always learning. Yes. Always learning. Um, and another thing, and I think I even picked it up on a Darren daily episode. Uh, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but with what we do for work, there can be distractions left and right. I mean, all day. Mm -hmm. And so you end up not getting something done if you don't focus on it and get it done. So when I decide I'm going to take care of this task, let's say it's a 20 minute task. I will flip my phone over, no text, no calls, finish that task. Do not disturb. Do not disturb. (laughs) Even though it's only 20 minutes, if I take calls and get distracted, it's going to take me an hour and then I'm less effective. So I try to, once I start something, finish it. And then I go to the next thing, finish it. And I'll check my phone um, for texts and stuff like that to respond to a couple of times through the day. So I might not respond in 10 minutes necessarily. It Mm -hmm. might be an hour later, but I feel that it's more effective for me because I got those other things done. So when I let them pull me away and then come back to it, I take 10 times longer on everything. Yep. Um, and then they get a better uh, response because it's a little more thorough too. Because then mm-hmm. when I look at it, because a lot of times um, a, a text isn't always like a one answer. Uh, right. It depends on what it is. It's a, let me go in your file and look and get that. And, yeah. you know, it, it's another 10 to 20 minute task. So I try to do that when I'm able to finish the full task. Mm-hmm. Some days are a little crazy. You know, if, if a lot of people are calling, I will answer them throughout the day and kind of I mean, they're not interruptions from like, like I want to help the client or whatever, but I do have to pull out of the file and work and then go and the other one, come back to it. And I, but the, my biggest thing is making sure my clients are gotten back to first. Mm-hmm. So if it's, and depending on the file, but if it's um like underwriting or funder and it's not urgent, they're the ones that kind of get put on sure. the lower priority sure. list. Cause yeah. my clients are at the top. Yeah. Even, you know, if Tyler's calling and the client's calling, I'm going to take clients call first yeah. because they're my highest priority. And then I'm going to call Tyler back when I can, even, you know, we're referral partners, but you the same way, yep. you know, yep. clients come first and then referral partners are yep. even right. You know? Yep. Um, so I kind of, 
I, I operate that way. And every day is a little different. So it's kind of a lot of just adapting to what the day brings, but mm-hmm. trying to keep those methods of focusing on what I'm doing, finish my task, go to the next, finish my task, go to the next. Yep. And then at the end of the day, I always finish it with what are my highest priority for the morning? Cause almost always the there's for the next day. something. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that's kind of like the quick rundown and you already know, but we have office in Hermiston, Oregon, and then in Tri-Cities, Washington, um, so I kind of start my first hour at home almost always okay. and kind of address those urgent things in the morning. Then I look at my calendar and see, okay, which direction am I going? Sure. Am I going to Hermiston or am I going to Tri-Cities? Um, and I have great working stations in all three locations, House, Hermiston, and Tri-Cities. So everything is ready for me regardless of what direction I'm going. What's your average split between the two towns? It used to be like 80% in Tri-Cities, 20% Hermiston. It's almost getting opposite okay. majority in Hermiston and a day or two in Tri-Cities. Gotcha. Just, you know, natural changes and stuff. But I would say it's starting to flip a little bit. The other thing like that I think does help me in the mornings is I don't think about things that um, don't help my productivity for work, such as like cooking breakfast. Like right. I know that's like breakfast could be yeah. really help- healthy for you. Um, mm. But for me, I'm not focused on something that's getting my day going. Sure. Uh, I like wish I like to cook, but I don't like to cook. Gotcha. So for me, it's like shake and I'm working Yeah. as opposed to spending a half hour cooking and eating. And like, you know, it, it could maybe work if I enjoyed to cook because I'd be getting a benefit out of it. But for me, I'm not getting any benefits. I don't enjoy it. And I'm away from what I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. But if no, I enjoyed yeah, it, for sure. then there would be a benefit. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. I actually fast. I don't eat. Oh, okay. I don't eat until Nothing. Like 11 Mm-mm. every day. Um, yeah. Which this is, a, I mean, there's the health side of it too, but then like, I don't know. I also look at it in the sense of like, I need to go do a bunch of stuff before I'm like deserving to eat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Cause like the people that like, and everybody's different, everybody's body's mm-hmm. different, all that kind of stuff. But like waking up first thing and like eating a big breakfast, like you didn't do anything hard to like, Oh yeah. I don't feel good if <laughs> I, I eat know. a big breakfast. I don't, yeah, same. yeah it's, yeah. it doesn't do anything for me. Um, I just do, I will off Sometimes I do skip the shake and I won't eat until 11 or 12 kind of like same thing. Yeah. Um, but I'll have a shake if I feel like I want something in my stomach. So my stomach's not growling by yeah. that time or whatever. Sure. Cause I'm not really like a designated lunchtime person either. Yeah. So the shake is just like an easy way to not really have to think about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everybody's body is different. What works for everybody is different. I yeah. think finding what works for you and your personality yeah. and your habits is like key. Yeah. I've been everything. doing that for like three, four years mm-hmm. fasting thing for quite a while. Yeah. It's just the new, or that's just the normal for me. Yeah. But no, that's good. I heard a lot of good things about fasting and I intermittent fast here and there, but mm-hmm. not consistently. But yeah, I do sure. think that there's a lot of good health benefits for yeah. that about. So like, I know you have a couple of different businesses and stuff. So as far as that goes on the daily, do you, <laughs> yeah. is it every day is like a little bit different too then? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, and that's, that's another key factor of like getting your mind right. Um, getting your body right. So it's also, and I, talked a little bit about this, I think with Mike on that episode, but so there's also like, I break everything down into four pillars too, right? So mind, body, spirit, business. Mm -hmm. Um, so get your mind right, um, get your body right. And then having those two in proper condition allows you to have your spirit in the right place, whether that's God, the universe, whatever spirit means to you. Um, but then once those three things are aligned, then you can excel with business, mm-hmm. um, take care of that stuff first and then excel there. So, so that's why I pour so much focus into those things. And then, like you said, with the, the three different businesses, so that can pull my attention 
in a lot of directions. different directions, right? Yeah. So like I could be working on a transaction for real estate and then ding, my phone goes off and somebody needs to check into a property or something. Right. So, mm-hmm. so if obviously if I'm in a Pomodoro session, then none of that matters. Happens. Um, but typically like I, because I have to switch my attention to so many different things. So it's really just three different things or whatever, but, mm-hmm. and I've been doing it for quite a while. I'm pretty, pretty disciplined to be able to look at answering that I'll say it a distraction, but like a requirement of my attention on the Airbnb stuff versus the the real estate thing and then handle that and then come quickly right back to where I was with the real estate thing and not get distracted um, and lose my place. Um, right. So I don't know. It's kind of, you know, there's days where there's like no Airbnb stuff mm-hmm. and it's all real estate or there's days where it's <laughs> real estate, Airbnb and the some bit of stuff all, all in one, um, mm-hmm. all in one day. Um, but you know, understanding the level of priority of each one of those things and designating and disciplining myself with the time that I need to allocate per item that's yeah. required of me. But also at the same time, like that's also a lot of fun because I also really enjoy those three things. Um, so and a big thing for me too is that like I love putting fires out. So like I love problem solving, even the ones that really, really suck. Yeah. Like really bad. <laughs> I can say I relate um, to that. So like there is fun. a certain amount of satisfaction you get when something is really wrong oh, yeah. and you were able to step in and be like, this is what needs done. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom. Everybody's happy. You just put out the fire. Like there is some, a lot of satisfaction that comes with that. Yep. Yeah. I'll give an example of something that happened to me the other day for the first time. So, but yeah, so one of my properties that's not here, um, we had some tenants that were supposed to stay for a whole like five more weeks and they had a job change and a crew change, whatever. And so they had to check out. Um, which is fine, but it also sucks because we were anticipating that money, whatever. And so we, uh, my cleaner goes over there and sends me some videos and it's not real great. Oh, dear. Um, so I call my business partner. I'm like, yo, what are you doing right now? Like yeah. we need to run over here and they weren't checked out and they were supposed to be. Um, and so we go over there and smoking cigarettes inside. Like they had pop cans on the nightstand with ashes. Like they're smoking in bed. (laughs) And so it was just one of those things where it's like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, uh, and we just had to deal with it right then and there. And, um, you know, we have an amazing cleaning crew, um, that stepped in and stepped up and took care of it all. And we, you know, solved the problem and he's got, you know, a special oxidizing machine and stuff to get this, the smell out. And what it actually wasn't as bad as what I was anticipating it to be. And the, in one of the rooms, the guy had like left, he went home for three days, but he chose like, he forgot that he left the window open. Oh and my goodness. There was so much sand in the oh. whole bedroom, out of the bedroom, into the hallway, just that everywhere. So right. So it's just one of those things where it's just like, you know, it is what it is. And so, um, you just have to but deal you with it, handle deal with it, it and take care of it and be done. And we got it all spick and span cleaned up and ready for new tenants. So, you know, and I was in the middle of handling other business things and uh, had to set those down and go put out that fire. So it's just one of those things that like, as much as that sucked, like I'm able to spin it on like, all right, this was a new problem. This mm-hmm. is how we took care of it. This is how we solved it. And we move forward and, you know, and you learn from those how we can do things differently um, and make some changes and adjust and keep, uh, keep going forward. So, yeah. I mean, that's all you can do. It's just, that it's, is all you it's can how do. you can strategically pivot and keep moving forward. 
Well, and having that mindset that, okay, there's a problem. I fixed it. I've moved on. I'm good to go. You've just turned a situation that could have been completely negative. You could have chose to look at it and be like, this is so frustrating. I'm so mad and just let it ruin your day and steal your joy. And there's just nothing won when you treat things like that. Nope. You know, no, look you, at it. you lose ultimately. Oh, hundred percent. Look at it in the sense of like, all right. So, cause that sucked, right? That situation mm-hmm. sucked. Well, once you're presented with a shitty situation, and a lot of people don't do this. And that's why we are where we are in the world. I yes. feel. But, yeah. but regardless, without going down that path, a lot of people can look at that situation and put blame on other people. Yeah. We were able to spin it. All right. Like what did we do and we how should we do it. things differently? Mm-hmm. All right. This is what we need to do next time. And so now we're hedging against that ever happening again. Yeah. Um, and so like, it's almost like a blessing in disguise. Like, thank God that happened to us now. And it was, you know, it could have been like water damage or something super severe. Right. Um, yeah. so we came up with a plan moving forward to hedge against any kind of issue like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like looking within to, to figure out like, all right, what do I, how can I take responsibility for this myself? Because you have to look at it in the sense like that's my property. Yep. I'm the one that chose to accept those tenants into my property. Yep. Uh, and you know, and so, and just dissecting everything from there and that, example and that process of taking responsibility for those things can be, you can take that and utilize that for everything else in your life. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. There's totally. so many people that like take the blame and uh, blame it on other people's, mm-hmm. you know, and project their own insecurities. And that's why they are where they are in oh, their yeah. miserable life. And then they feel they're justified <laughs> yeah. because of the situation yep. and then to it happens behave to poorly. Yes. As opposed, I mean, I look at problems as an opportunity. A hundred percent. That's all they are. Regardless of how you got to that point or who to blame or all that type of stuff. A problem is an opportunity. And when you look at it like that, all of a sudden it's not this negative energy sucking situation. Yeah. You know, it almost becomes fun. Yes. It becomes something that you can turn it into a positive and a win. Yes, exactly. That win, that accomplishment, that success, like that builds that momentum for you inside. It does. Um, Which then, outflows into everything else that you do, right? It so, does. It bleeds into everything. Mm-hmm. That attitude, right. that mindset, the, you know, people will feel that. Yeah. And it, it, it's by, an energy. Same thing on the other side. Mm-hmm. It is an energy. If yep. you're negative like that, people are going to feel negative energy. Yep. Exactly. But looking at it as an opportunity and in a way to make something better and move on. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's just everything. So do you, do you have a comparable example that you were faced with a fire and, and was kind of crappy and you persevered and learned from it? turned into a success and prevented it from happening again. Yeah, absolutely. In business or life. Yeah. I mean, of course, the first thing that comes to mind would be a business transaction, you know, presented with the pro there could be lots of problems, but, um, the first one that comes to mind is I had a client, I think it was in three months ago, maybe they're buying their first home. We get an appraisal. It's about 30,000 low, I think from the contract price, something like that. Nice. Of course, the client does not have an extra 30000 to pay that yeah. difference. Um, and they were so upset. I mean, sure. they were they really wanted this house. They're first-time buyers. They were very emotionally invested in it. And when we got the low appraisal, I mean, they're upset. They're down. You know, there's a problem at that point. And I, it's always hard to hear your client struggling with something, even yeah. if it's not at you personally. Right, right. It's still a problem. Yep. And even though I can't change the appraised value, I can change our outlook on the problem. Mm -hmm. And so my first um, conversation with them about it, you know, Hey, I got to deliver the news. You know, they're upset. We go to the seller. They won't lower the price. They want them to pay the 30,000. They don't have the 30,000. So the deal's dead. 
So we're back to ground zero. They're out looking at houses and they're very discouraged, very sad. Sure. And I, I was, I tried very hard to give them the perspective, you know, maybe it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. And it, this opens the door for an opportunity for a different home for you. Maybe it just really wasn't the right home. Mm-hmm. And the appraisal seemed very legit. You know, the comps were there and the, I think the home was really just overlisted. And as much as that sucks to say, I'm also kind of a let's be factual yeah. as opposed to overly emotional because mm-hmm. you can get emotionally attached to another house, too. You know, so some time went by and they didn't find a home right away, but I talked to them every couple of weeks, fairly often. And they, they, they finally became like over it as far as being positive and seeing it as a positive. It took some time. I mean, they're down, but the more conversations we had, I could feel them coming around. And, and for me, it was like, you know, there's going to be another opportunity. Mm -hmm. This was in Tri-Cities and Tri-Cities is big. Homes will hit the market. Maybe there's not one on the market right now, but that's not to be said that that could look so different in 30 days. So let's be patient. You know, I believe in the right thing happening. Mm -hmm. And just this last week, they found the right house and they're under contract and they're so happy. And (laughs) and I got a client. So I texted her when they got under contract, the wife said, Hey, I'm so happy for you guys that we're under contract. We're doing this again. We're ready. And she was just like, I have to say, I'm so grateful for how you looked at this so positively because we wanted to give up. You know, she was like, we didn't even want to keep looking because we thought that would be the only house. We didn't want to keep looking. I was the one that was like, just keep looking passively. It's okay if you don't find anything. And this takes a couple. Who knows how long it would take? That's totally fine. But you should still look. Don't completely give up on it. And they wanted to give up hope. And she just said, thank you so much for not giving up the hope because you had the hope that we didn't have. And then um, we wouldn't have found this house if we just would have completely given up altogether. So it's kind of awesome. cool. I mean, it's a problem. It didn't get fixed on that house. Sure. And sometimes yeah. that happens, yeah. but the whole problem is fixed and that they're yeah. going to get a home and now they're Big getting picture. a better home. This home yeah. is larger than the other house and the payment's very similar. So they actually feel like they're winning. They don't feel like they're getting a lesser of a home. Mm-hmm. So it's working out for the better for them. I mean, that's the first example I can think of. And I think that that's, that's why I try to stay on the positive side of things and the way you look at the problem is everything. Oh yeah. Yep. hundred percent. Well, and sometimes it takes somebody else to come in and look at it from a different angle Yep. that maybe they're not seeing it through. Mm-hmm. So no, that's a good example. Yeah, no, it was, is huge. And a lot of people, you know, the more that you're giving them some perspective and positive energy and angles that they didn't think about it from, um, the more they'll come around. And I, I definitely see that with a lot of the people that I work with. All right, Tyler. Well, let's wrap up this, okay. this, uh, episode on our mortgage moves podcast. Appreciate you joining us. Are you willing to come back? Oh, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I you. guess you'll be back for more in yeah. the future. Thanks for having me, Sam. Thanks guys. Thanks for listening.